feel like sometimes I'm never ready, right, for Christmas? You ever feel that way? You ever feel like it's just all of a sudden it's here and you're like, what happened? And I, and I was told this by my parents, the older you get, the faster life moves. And I went, yeah, right. And then the older I get, the faster life <laughs> moves. I had this dream of one day when I was going to be the age that I am, I won't tell you, uh, but the age that I am now, that I was going to finally have Christmas lights on my house. It all started back when I was a kid. And as a kid, we would go on, uh, like in our car, and we'd, we'd call it like going Christmas light hunting, right? And you go to different neighborhoods. You know the neighborhood, right? As a kid, the one that you'd want to go to, the one that had all of the really, really good lights. Well, number one, that wasn't our neighborhood. And number two, there was houses in our neighborhood that had lights, but we were the ones that basically, like we would maybe take like the, the, the porch light and change it out for a red light. Like that was our idea of decorating the house and maybe if dad positioned the tree in front of the front window, we'd have Christmas lights because the lights from the Christmas tree. By the way, the white lights are the best lights. Some of you that you've got all the different colors of lights, you know, that's okay. But white classic lights, they are the best lights. Some of you giving me some glares and that just goes to show me I must be wrong. Well, two years ago, actually about two and a half years ago, I started my plan. I'm going to have, finally, Christmas lights on my house. My parents deprived me. Well, I'm not going to deprive my kid or myself. So I would go to Home Depot for like two straight Christmases, and after Christmas was over, I'd go find the lights that were 50% off, sometimes even 75% off. I don't want to give you my secret, but that is how I got all the lights. And so last year, I decorated my entire house by myself, bought the clips, bought all the lights. We bought a little uh, a big figurine of Santa that lights up and a big uh, two snowmen together. And then my daughter has a corgi. So we had to get this like little corgi, like blow up thing. And, and I, I did it. I got on top of the roof, almost died like 17 times. I mean, I really felt like, man, this is really dangerous. You ever had that feeling before where you're like, this is surreal. Right now, if I were to make one slip, I'm over the end and then no Merry Christmas. Like it's like, there it is. I'm right there. The, the, two stories down. And uh, it was scary, but I did it because I'm brave and because I had a dream and I wanted that dream to come true. And so last year I got it done and kind of like, you know, if you ever seen the movie, I've only seen like the edited version, but uh, uh, what is it? The, uh, yeah, that one. I didn't know the name of it because I haven't, I haven't watched it, but Christmas Vacation, you know, when he plugs in the lights and like the glorious lights on the house. And we did that last year. And then this year came, and I went, I'll get to it. It'll happen. I just need the perfect day. And there was a warm day, but there was rain in the forecast, so I just didn't put up the lights. And I went, I'll get it tomorrow. Looks like the forecast is going to be okay. But then something came up, and then before I knew it, it's Christmas Eve, and all I have is a snowman that won't go up anymore, Santa is blown over because of all the wind and the only thing standing is the little blow-up corgi that we have and no lights on the house at all. And you know, even though I procrastinated, guess what happened? The world didn't stop moving towards Christmas Day. Christmas was coming whether or not I had lights on my house or not. No matter what happened. When I look through the story of Christmas and how it came to be the very, very first Christmas, the world wasn't ready. 
In fact, when we look at some of these characters in just a moment in the Christmas story, they weren't just characters, they're real people, it really happened. They weren't ready either. In fact, I look at the Christmas story and it's really a story of ready or not, Christmas is coming. Ready or not, Jesus was coming 2,000 years ago, whether the world was ready, whether the world believed, no matter what anyone else was thinking, God had a plan and the plan happened. And the older I get and the more that I follow Jesus, the more I realize when God has a plan, guess what happens? Ready or not, believe it or not, it happens. The Christmas story really kind of starts about a year before Christmas, the very first Christmas happened. There's two characters in the story, Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. Some of you may know those, those characters, but they were relatives, or Elizabeth was actually a blood relative of Mary. And Elizabeth and Zechariah had been praying for a very, very long time for a child. And for years had gone on and they did not have a child. And Zechariah was actually a pretty important person in the city of Jerusalem. He was a priest. And out of all the priests that were in the city of Jerusalem, I know it sounds crazy, but the whole nation of Israel kind of took about people would come in and out of the city and at the main temple in the, in the capital city of Jerusalem, 20,000 priests had jobs at any, other, at any given time during the year. And Zechariah randomly was chosen to be one of 20,000 priests to actually go into the Holy of Holies and light the altar of incense. Now this to us may be like not a great big deal, but think about it. One of 20,000, and this is going to happen to Zechariah. And Zechariah, on the biggest day of his career, walks into the Holy of Holies. And not only is it the biggest day of his career, just as this day goes, the Gabriel, the archangel, is also in the Holy of Holies, and he tells Zechariah some incredible news. He says, guess what? Your prayers are going to be answered, and you're going to have a son. So think about Zechariah. He's got to go, what in the world? Not only was this the best day of my career, but now this is the best day of my life. What incredible news. Well, let's look at what Zechariah says in Luke's account of Jesus' life. In chapter 1, Zechariah says to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? He says, because there's a reason. I don't know if you know physics, Gabriel, but uh, I'm an old man now. And my wife is, and he pauses, because Zechariah had been married for a long time. And some wisdom, believe it or not, had crept into Isaiah's mind. And before he just said, my wife is old, he says, she is also well along in years. <laughs> Wise man, Zechariah. Gabriel, then I'm imagining him kind of with like a inquisitive look. He looks at Zechariah and he's like, um, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. I'm like his right-hand man angel person. I'm the archangel. Like, I'm Gabriel. It was he who sent me to bring you on this good news. Can you imagine like Gabriel was like, this, you're standing in the Holy of Holies. You're a priest. You believe in this stuff. And I'm telling you some good news, and I told you you've been praying for this, but you won't believe me. So then he says, but so since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, which was the greatest Christmas gift Elizabeth could have ever gotten. And all the wise laugh. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. 
The reason why I have that bolded right there is because Gabriel was saying, this was the word of the Lord, and God has a plan, and he wants you to have a son. And guess what? When God wants something and he plans something, ready or not, here he comes. And so sure enough, Elizabeth gets pregnant, and she's going to give birth to a son. Then Gabriel appears to another very familiar character in the Christmas story. It says in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26, he says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel, another same angel, right? To Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was, and everybody knows her name, she is the most famous woman in history, shouldn't have been the most famous, she was just a peasant girl, a poor girl from a town called Nazareth, and Nazareth may not mean much to you and me, but for those back then, Nazareth was the city that when people said they were from Nazareth, they went, oh, from Nazareth. In fact, there's other parts of scripture where they say, when they found out Jesus was from Nazareth, said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So here's a peasant girl with no royal blood, no royal bloodlines, and she's been chosen by God. So ready or not, believe it or not, royal enough, important or not, here comes Christmas. The virgin's name was Mary, and we all know her. So then Gabriel gives Mary a promise, and he says this, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. What will he be like? Gabriel will, he'll be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never, ever, ever end. But then like Zechariah and like most of the characters in the story find out Joseph, he gets visited by an angel as well and he has some doubt. So Mary also has some doubt. Can I tell you, tonight that if you're a human being and you have doubt can I tell you and let you off the hook a little bit the most important characters in the entire story and were even chosen to deliver the Messiah had doubt and they were visited by an angel Mary says this how will this be once again Gabriel is challenged on physics <laughs> he says she says uh, since I'm a virgin how on earth is this going to be? But ready or not, believe it or not, physics be right or not, Jesus came and Christmas is coming. Now I think it's important to stop and pause just for a second in this part of the story because you might not be a follower of Jesus. Someone may have invited you to a Christmas Eve service tonight and you're here and you're like, man, I'm just kind of getting drugged along. I like some of the Christmas carols and hey, that's fine, that's cool. And, and maybe for, for you, the virgin birth is kind of where you draw the line and you go, hey, I just don't know about this whole Jesus following thing. That's just kind of strange to me, and I'm kind of out. Can I tell you the credibility of Jesus doesn't rest on the virgin birth? In fact, in the word of God, in all of the accounts of Jesus, only Luke and Matthew mention the virgin birth. The credibility of Jesus 
if we're talking humanly speaking, rests on the fact that many, in fact, if you look at the very first words in Luke chapter one, many wrote, many talked about and wrote down followers of Jesus and not followers of Jesus, wrote down the account of Jesus's life. And it's documented in history that not only was he born and lived, but he did miracles. He raised people from the dead. He healed the sick, documented account, and then later was crucified and later historically documented by followers of him and non-followers of him. He rose from the dead. The credibility of Jesus doesn't rest on the virgin birth, but we look at Luke and we're like, hey, why would you write this down if you're trying to get people to follow Jesus? Why would you write something like that that's hard to believe? Luke was actually a physician. That was his day job. He was a follower of Christ, but he was a physician. So you go, Luke, you're a physician. Why would you write something down for people that would be hard for them to understand and hard for them to believe? And the answer is the reason why he wrote it down is because it happened. Believe it or not, ready or not, it's real. Can I tell you tonight, you may be going through a hard part in your faith. This is a hard time of year for some people. In fact, I should say, this is a hard time of year for a lot of people, for many people. You may have or be going through a season right now of doubt in your life, and you may have good reason to doubt. You may be thinking to yourself, man, I don't know if this whole Christianity thing or this whole following Jesus thing is real. I'm just here for the show. You may be not a follower at all, or maybe this is your very first experience in a church. Can I tell you that 2,000 years ago, God sent his only son. And he sent him to be born. And Christmas Day is a glorious thing. In fact, it's such a cool thing to think about the nativity scene. And man, in this town in the middle of nowhere, and the shepherds, and all of this cool part of the story but then later jesus lived a life 33 years later did ministry healed people and he was crucified he died that's a sad thing to talk about but the thing is is that that death did something for you and i it paved a way for us to have a relationship with our creator god even though you and I, we have messed up. In fact, in all of us, we know deep down, whether we talk about it or not, we've sinned against God. We've fallen short. In fact, the Bible says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is this, that no matter how short you've fallen or what you have done, Jesus, through his birth, through his life, through his death and resurrection, paved a way for you to have a relationship with God forever no matter what, ready or not, believe it or not, God wants you to know today his son died for you and loves you. Can I read to you then what happens? The angel answered and he said this to Mary to her doubt. He says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. The angel Gabriel was a little bit less politically correct when he mentioned Elizabeth's age. 
And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. God promised you through his son that you can have a relationship with him. And no word from God will ever fail. The promise to Mary is the same promise to you today. His word never fails. Believe it or not, ready or not, no matter where you are in your stage of life, God loves you. Can I read to you the Christmas story in Luke? For me, this brings back great memories of sitting around the tree and just staring at the gifts and waiting for dad to get through Luke chapter two so I could rip into the, open those gifts, right? So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child, not just any child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. How inconvenient. Why couldn't the baby wait till after the census was over, after they registered and got back home? But those of you know that have had a baby before, the baby doesn't wait for anyone, ready or not. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Even the innkeeper wasn't ready for Jesus, but he came. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, minding their own business, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Why? Because I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly a great company, can you picture it, of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You may not think today that you deserve that favor that God is talking about. You may feel like I, I have a past and I know Jesus came to save the world but I'm not worth saving or I'm unworthy of saving or I'm too far gone to be saved. Can I tell you that just like the angel said 2,000 years ago, I have great news that will give great joy to how many? All people. If you're an all people in here, that good news is for you. You're not too far gone. There's not enough shame or guilt or things you could have done to excommunicate you from the love of God. He wants a relationship with you. Tonight, if you go, but I'm not ready for it, guess what? Christmas is coming. Jesus is here. Whether you're ready for his love or not, he wants a relationship with you. Whether you believe it or not, he died for you and he loves you even if you don't believe. That's one of the things that's so incredible about the story of Jesus. 
is his love was so great that he even knew in his foreknowledge that people would reject him, and yet he still gave his life for you and for me. What an incredible story. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as we wind down here? Father, we love you. We thank you for your son. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if there's anyone in here today that would say, Pastor Matt, I I heard what you said about that relationship with God and I'm having a hard time believing or I'm struggling with my faith or I feel like I'm too far gone or I don't even know if I really truly believe, but I'd just like for you to pray for me. I won't call you out. I won't embarrass you, but would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor Matt, would you just pray for me tonight? Anybody in here like that? I see that hand. See that hand too. Let me pray for us. And God, we do truly just, in our human nature, we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of the season. Father, we forget what the season is all about. And ready or not, Christmas is coming. Believe it or not, you love us. So tonight, for those that are in here that are struggling to accept that love, God, I pray that you would give them the courage and the boldness and the faith to accept that love. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close here in just a moment, but I have Pastor Randall here. Um, we, have a, uh, we have a great staff. We have, we have a, our staff is like a family, but I, I would say we're probably maybe 11 or 12 of us are on full-time or part-time staff. Randall is the only mean one on the entire staff. Last service, I said he was the only nice one, and uh, not very many people laughed, so I thought I'd say mean one, and one person laughed. So, no, Randall's a great person. He's, he's one of our great pastors on staff. Um, he's here to talk to anybody at the end of the service. If you have questions about doubt, about faith, um, he would love to answer those questions. But before we dismiss, we have a really quick video. Um, if you'll take your candles i've been told last service take those candles and you can grab them underneath your seat as you leave and drop them in the bucket as you leave but before you do merry christmas from us merry christmas from hamilton hills and our staff enjoy this video